Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Today we're going to talk about how to find your, your soul tribe, okay? Not just a tribe, because there's been a lot of momentum, whether it's at work or um, online, you know, creating a tribe. I want to talk about a soul tribe, which is that intimate group that you carry through life. So, so let's get started. We're going to talk about how to find your soul tribe. Creating a tribe literally saved my life. I've been in a tribe for over 20 years now, and we call it a tribe. You can call it a group, a posse, family, whatever name hits you the best. Some things have triggers, like mine would be family. So we decided to name ours tribe. I'd also lived with some tribes, native tribes, during my research when I was getting my doctorate. So I, I love the word tribe. But again, we all decided on that name, whatever name you would decide. But it, I lived in my tribe I have for over 20 years. It's been one of the most precious gifts of my life. It's healed me, taught me lessons about life, saved me from destruction, given me hope. And it is above all the place I've experienced more unconditional love than I can ever express. My life had all the things I thought would make me happy. Success, um, as, as the world describes it, career, uh, family, power, you know, all, all the check boxes. I had some friends scattered around, you know, business friends, friends I had known through different things I'd done, but not, not a really intimate. And, and again, these were individual friends, not a tribe, okay? I, I realized one day in my mounting sadness, and I had a gnawing feeling, too, that something was wrong with my life. You know, I, I, like I said, I had separate friends, but there was a reason that I wasn't, I, I was terrified of getting together in a group. Um, but I didn't know what it was. It was just a gnawing thing. I kept them, you know, separate. I had this friend here, this friend here, that friend, but not together. So one day I called a friend and had coffee. I drove in from our farm and I asked her what she thought of getting a spiritual tribe together. And so we just thought of four other friends we knew to invite and we started. Our lives have been transformed ever since. That was over 20 years ago and here we are. And believe me, in this frazzled, hectic, divided, remote online world, you, anyone listening to my words right now, you need a tribe more than ever in human history. And I know that's a powerful statement to make, but I really do believe it. I believe the undoing of our world is the isolation or loneliness we're experiencing. So you need a tribe. So let's begin. What is a tribe? Broadly defined, a tribe's a community of shared interests, and you provide support for each other. A tribe can include family members, but, you know, not limited to them. Friends, co-workers, neighbors, pets. You have your own tribes. I mean, my basic tribe is, of course, Grace, my Jack Russell, Olivia, my scruffy dog, and Tess, my three-legged cat. But, you know, that only meets, being honest, basic, intimate needs in a very different way. There's no response. There's no... So that's a, you know, little baby tribe. But why do you need a tribe? Why do I need a tribe? Why does every human need a tribe? Because we're born wired for connection. When our ancestors roamed the land, moved in numbers, you didn't live. It was safety and survival to be in a tribe. Early settlers in the United States had to rely on each other to survive harsh weather conditions and, and everything. 
However, as America prospered, our dependence on each other's survival diminished. I, um, my extended family is from the plains of Kansas. And I just read a book, uh, Pioneering Women of Kansas, and I cannot even believe what they had to do for safety and survival. And if they wouldn't have had tribes, communities, they never would have survived it. My early childhood was spent in rural Ohio in a farming community. We lived in the snow belt off Lake Erie, and I'm telling you, life is rugged in the winter. We knew we needed each other, and our survival, our health, our abundance depended on us sharing in community. And back then, we bartered most of our things, like our food. We had the egg ladies down the street that had their own egg, their own chickens. Our milk was from our Amish neighbors. We picked it up warm, and um, we had bread from the Mennonite women down the road. Potatoes were from the potato farmers, who after they harvested their crops, they let us get uh, bags, and we would go through and pick the potatoes up that were left in the field. So... Whenever storms came, neighbors also pulled together to support each other. Remember, it's not just survival, it's wise. It's the way we should be as humans, to show everyone kindness. But you know, you also never know when you might need someone else for help. And, you know, you, there has been this recurrent philosophy in America of rugged individualism. It's over. Those days, are that whole philosophy post-World War II or wherever it came from, is gone. Please, don't. Or from the beginning of our nation. Let's go back 100, 200 years. Rugged individualism. I can make it. Uh-uh. Um, either everybody made it alive or nobody did. So then later in my own life, when I was about 35, we had a horse farm. Uh, it was called Oak Haven in rural Georgia. I knew I could not live on that farm with 65 horses, tons of cats, dogs, other critters, without support of my neighbor's help. It's not if something happened, it was when it happened. I mean, you can't be in the breeding business, horses born in the middle of the night, me, um, life and death situations, literally life and death situations, without calling my neighbors and them calling me. It was an amazing weaving together of each of us. But years later, I have subsequently sold my farm, and I live in Atlanta in the middle of seven million glorious people. And thank God we created my particular tribe, our tribe, many years ago. Because life is busy and confusing more than ever now. And with the separation of red and blue and rich and poor and whatever's going on in this confusing world, it can be overwhelming. And this maggot, you know, just massive aggregation of humans that I dearly love. There are enormous mental and physical health benefits of why you need a tribe too. One of our most fundamental humans need is the need to belong. We all need to belong. Noted psychologist Abraham Maslow identified the human need to belong as one of our five basic needs to be human. That is, we want to be a member of a tribe, a tribe, a pack, a clan, an elected family, a posse, a crew, a network, or true friends. Whatever, whatever that is for you, it's a group of people with common interests and values who show genuine respect and appreciation and love and care for each other. Sadly, depression, anxiety, fear, anger, lack of confidence, lack of autonomy, living virtually online, health concerns have risen with the dissolution of tribes. Being in connection with those who care about us also reduces suffering. Uh, and let me tell you, you know, I really believe, uh, let me go back to what I just said, Lack of confidence and lack of autonomy. 
living virtually online. When you live in a community like I did as a child, and as I did up on the farm, on our horse farm for all those years, you you get a confidence. You have a sense of autonomy that's supported by community that you cannot give. Learn, live, and actualize in your journey through life without a tribe, without a community. And now I'm seeing a pandemic of people that don't have the confidence they used to have, <laughs> lack of autonomy because they keep searching online. They're living virtually online. So this is a real crisis. But being in connection with those who care about us reduces your suffering. We have powerful MRI studies that reveal that simply holding the hand of a loved one, someone who cares about you, reduces the experience of pain. Tribes buffer us from the negative effects of stress of the world we live in. Connections heal. I'll always quote, and I still do, the illustrious physician that I actually had the privilege of studying with for a very short time, Dr. Dean Ornish, as he says, isolation kills, community heals. I know this firsthand. I know why I spent the beginning of my life until I was about 35, 40, maybe 45. I avoided and feared being in groups or being in a tribe, being in gatherings. It was because I had significant childhood family issues. I had a tremendous fear of being intimate, vulnerable, and open among people. If I had done that as a child, intimate, vulnerable, and open to the people around me, I would have been abused even more than I was. These were primordial issues for me and many other people. And also, let's throw in shame. Joining an intimate intimate group, a tribe, invited me to take off my rusty, overused, exhausting, waiting armor that had protected me for my entire life. So it was time for me to be brave, courageous, face my fears and anger, and like I said, mostly my shame. It was time to be vulnerable, open, and it was time to heal deep, profound wounds. My tribe has been with me every breath of the way. The loss of my daughter, incredible other losses, family losses, my own struggle with depression, significant health issues, and the list goes on and on. My tribe has been my sustenance, my manna from heaven, my saving grace. Do you have a tribe? Don't you want to be part of a very intimate group? Is it time for you to move into yourself? Is it time to let go of the past and open your heart your mind and soul, to the real you. I promise you this invitation into a tribe is an invitation into love, enormous happiness, and powerful healing you've never experienced. Now, I'm assuming you're an adult, and there are challenges of finding a tribe in adulthood. Once young adults, once we left home, we often experience physical disconnection from major sources of support, like parents, siblings, friends from childhood. Phone calls and texting kind of help bridge the gap, but they do not replace human contact. Being online, being on Zoom does not replace human contact. College and the workplace create opportunities for tribe building. However, as we leave college and we move on, this process becomes more challenging as we age, we move, we develop families of our own and live in homes far apart from each other. 
In most circumstances, we don't need to rely on a community to meet our basic needs anymore. We go to a grocery store, so we don't need them for food. If we need a tool, we rent it, go to a hardware store. Many of us leave busy lives and we're filled with commitments. Even though we're trying our best, it can be challenging to find the time and energy to maintain the friendships we have. So if you're going to try to find a tribe, you're going to have to be committed. We used to do it on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, we did it for year after year for decades. But then the pandemic came and we decided how we're going to meet. So we couldn't meet out at restaurants and places. So we chose my house, which has a big room. And we stayed 15 feet apart. I got air purifiers. We wore masks. So we did it, though. And we decided to do it in the lunchtime instead of the evening. Um, and so we, we, you know, migrated it around, but we refused to give it up during the pandemic. So let's talk about, yeah, be fluid. Ways to find a tribe. While it can feel challenging to build your tribe in adulthood, there are many ways to do so. A little effort goes a long way towards creating your meaningful and supportive relationships. So here are some tips. Number one, a little effort can go a long way into creating this meaningful tribe. N number one, really get to know your neighbors. You know, even during the pandemic, I got to know everybody closer because we couldn't get out. We couldn't leave. We couldn't do anything. I moved into my neighborhood and... I realized I kind of knew people from moving my hand up and waving, but I didn't really know them that well. And I realized that my conversations took places in driveways and usually five minutes we walked our dogs. But I didn't know much about them, and they didn't know much about me. So I wanted to create meaningful relationships, and I love to bake. I love to bake. So I made cookies. I made cupcakes. And what I did was put them in a little bag, put a ribbon on them, and I put them on their doorknob. And um, then the next time they saw me, they said, hey, thank you for the thing. And then it brought into baking and no, I don't and this and that. And we got to know each other deeper. And, um, and out of that, we actually started uh, community gatherings um, about every three to four months. And we bring our own chairs. If you drink, you bring your own drink. And then we take turns bringing um, just a little something to eat, little hors d'oeuvres or uh, cheese plate or vegetables and we get together so and I've gotten to know some of them very very closely then they've become even more intimate that's a type of tribe some of us have developed into deeper friends some of us it's still um, whatever but we do know each other and I know they care about me next find an interest group online sometimes the best place are like-minded individuals a meetup a Facebook a next door I found people on next door that whether it was an animal that needed a home and we all needed to get together or um, one of the shelters needed dog food and cat food so we started putting taking it over to somebody's house and we all met and started belly laughing uh, there are apps and also look at local events of interest it can feel intimidating to go alone, okay, especially to events. I know, and I still, almost to today, and I'm older, I can get a panic attack, almost a minor one, when I get in these social situations. It goes back, it triggers my childhood. I'm feeling unsafe, defensive, you know, I isolate, even in a big group. I know how it feels, believe me. So it does take courage and a mantra that you keep saying to yourself. You say, I'm only going to stay a short time until I meet somebody. If I don't, I'll come home. And at least I was courageous enough to go. But it's helpful to remember that others attending feel the same way you do. 
easy, con- you know, you, you can start easy conversation like, how'd you get interested in this? Or how long have you been coming to these events? You know, things like that. Um, it's nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just try. And again, it does take courage. If you can find somebody else to go with you the first time, it's even better. But hey, just take it as normal that you're going to feel a little nervous or a little anxious. Um, so anyway, I understand that. And remember, there's other people. So be courageous. And also seek a spiritual community. Um, we used to go to church. A lot of my friends used to go to churches, synagogues, temples, mosques. But, but I'll be honest, a lot of us don't go to those traditional faith communities anymore. So spiritual communities, for me particularly, is what I found outside of specific organized religions. Uh, mine started with meditation groups. Um, some of us had dinner groups, nature groups. Um, there are just a few examples of opportunities c- to connect with you know, spiritual people that are not necessarily religious. I'm very, very much into uh, nature and gardening and birds. Uh, You know, I started getting involved in the local Audubon Society. My bonsai started to die that a monk gave me, and so I decided to join the um, Bonsai Society. And then um, there were great lectures in the Jungian Society here in Atlanta, so I joined it and when there's a neat lecture on I join it if I'm not interested I join join but all of these can lead to connections and that connection may have me invite someone into my deeper tribe the tribe okay the deep tribe of my five inner 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 people that are the closest to me okay that's my tribe these others can be other tribes they're not mutually exclusive at all because all these All these are connections that keep you alive and keep your brain alive in different ways. Because just because I love to meditate and I love gardening and I love bonsai and I love, uh, you know, Carl Jung and spiritual talks and meaning and all that stuff. I have uh, Audubon Society. I love birding. So see, open yourself up. Next is volunteering. You'll always find like-minded people. I mean, I started a humane society up in the mountains because I started rescuing animals then I, you know, uh, went into the, the the county shelter, found a couple other individuals that said, you know, they've only got a little sparse money. Let's do this. We started our own Humane Society. And now we have the Habersham County Humane Society, which is hugely prosperous, saves God knows how many thousands of animals. And it goes on. So see, a little tiny thing like connecting. And I'm still connected to them. I love I love them. Um, volunteering. I worked with a guy and, and we have 30 at-risk children in South Atlanta, very at-risk. Um, male uh, boys um, just uh, headed for a very sad life and we decided to start a foundation. Volunteering. See what happened? And Horace and I have been like best friends for what, 15 years now? So mine is volunteer you don't you just it's shocking whether it's social justice education animals birds equality whatever it is get out there what what do you love you're going to find a friend i promise do an internet search for organizations that support your values you can find volunteer opportunities on websites and hey i have been trying to uh volunteer recently and i got news for you it's hilarious I have been rejected by Emory, by Piedmont Hospital, by all of these places. I'm serious. It goes, we have a plethora. We have so many people that have volunteered. We have a wait list. The Carter Center. We have a wait list, but you can sign up. Blah, blah. 
Okay, so at first I went, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to volunteer in a new way. Um, uh, most of my staff, our, our co-workers are working from home. I need to get into more community. But keep moving. Just keep on moving, baby. Have courage. Keep trying. Okay, keep, keep going to different places that you're interested in. Keep trying. Don't give up. Most times and only after a series of trial and errors do you discover what clicks, what connects, and what works. Tweaks are continually in order to stay relevant, synergistic with folks you're trying to serve. Our tribe has expanded and contracted over 20 years. At sometimes we've had larger numbers. We're down to smaller numbers. Some people moved. One person died. I mean, we, we uh, expand and contract. We're much smaller, but the same thread runs through us. So see, as it contracted this very intimate spiritual group as I've aged, that's when I knew I had to get out into other communities and either try to get more people to, to become to that intimate smaller group or see what was out there to even develop new tribes. Okay, because you know you have, once it's kind of like once you taste the best coffee you've ever tasted in your life. Ever. And then you go on and you remember that forever. Or you fell in love and you experienced pure, absolute, sensual love once in your life. Or whatever you experienced. That's what I did with my tribe. I experienced a family that I never had in my life growing up in the violence and horror that I did. So I found something, a heaven on earth I had never experienced. Once you have that, it's okay. You can wander in the desert. Moses did it. You can wander in the desert for a little while, but hey, don't worry. Don't worry, remember that cloud dropped manna. It kept dropping that food. So keep trying. Fall down 40 times, get up 41, as my teacher, my Buddhist teacher used to say. Whatever the case, surround yourself with powerful, supportive, powerful, supportive people who encourage you to be your best self. Because when you finally find your tribe, it can foster eternal and tremendous growth. Remember, the members of your tribe are your allies your source of oxygen and blood and nourishment and food for your life's journey for the rest of your life, I promise you. So, we've talked about how to find your soul tribe. If you have any questions, problems, challenges, please go to mindfullivingnetwork.com or our MLN, click on contact us, let me know, write me a note, say, hey, blah, 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 I've had this challenge, this problem, what do you think? If you have an idea for a podcast or want to join me online, let me know. Let me know, please. Remember, we have a great newsletter. Uh, it goes out, I think, today, this afternoon. Uh, wonderful tips. I love it. It's bright. It's happy. Gives you a little energy. Subscribe to our newsletter, please. It's great. Also, remember our commitment. It's not just a tagline. It's a commitment to entertain, educate, and enlighten our world. It's our world. Let's hold our hearts, hands, and heal ourselves. It's our world. Please share with us, with your family, with your friends and community. Let's do this together, okay? Go to our meditation room. It's lovely. It's beautiful. Again, you can meditate um, uh, in a full moon in darkness on a bright beach or in Japan uh, in, in the midst of cherry blossoms. So many choices birds, singing, wherever. I love our meditation room. It's called The Meditation Room. You can go to it on YouTube. Go to it on our website. We have an app. It's amazing. It's called Mindful Living Network app in both app stores. 
Um, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Know how much I feel your presence. We're in this together. Um, let me know how we can grow, what we can do, how we can unite in the Mindful Living Network to help heal our wounded world. Um, please. And uh, keep the faith, keep the hope. I am Dr. Kathleen Hall. This is the way I see it.